0: Joining us now on the Harbor One hotline, the co-host of the Breaking Boston podcast, writes various things for weei.com <laughs> and yells at people at various times on this radio station that would be Andy oh, Hart. Hart look at that. There Good yeah, f- How are the you go. Afternoon Hart.
1: The new visor. I do have a new visor. Yes, it's my summer boating visor that oh.
0: uh, broke oh, out. Oh, look at me. I, a I own a boat. Season. Look oh. at me. I own a boat. I do many boating things. Oh. I'm know. the captain and that's your captain's hat.
1: It is my captain's hat. And the other day we went for a boat ride. It's nice to have a young son. I sat on the front seat and drank a beer while he handled everything.
0: Ooh, look at that. including huh? that's that's th- the good life. Including paying for gas? Or is that still dad's? Well, not ever. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: Come on. You know you know better than
0: that. Of course I do. But I had to ask to be a wise-ass because, yes. you know, that what a birthday gift that would be,
1: right? That indeed would be a great one. But, you know, <laughs> I, I need to be realistic as well. Just like the Patriots. I think they need to be realistic. Did you guys happen to see the unrealistic pro football focus i know i'm turning the tables on you here. don't worry about That's it It'll sh- be fine but did you have you guys gotten into this pff yeah. simulation that they ran and the patriots finish 11 and 6 which Ooh. is fine you can you can talk me into that i can have that debate but the way they get to 11 and 6 to me is idiotic and that involves wins over the eagles the chiefs and the Bills twice.
0: <laughs> oh, whoa! Yeah. The Bills twice. That like, damn computer. Like, okay, yeah. you know what? It's funny, hard because you were like, "Hey, you might be able to talk me into." It. And then you think of, okay, opening night. Weird things can happen. Sure, that's the first game of the year. I, so that one I could at least buy. Stealing one from Kansas City. Yeah, I'm not so sure well, about has that. Got to be hurt. The he whole died. like <laughs> beating the Bills once. I can. I I can see that. Twice? Twice feels a little much. That's that's a doomsday scenario for those teams losing to the Patriots. Like, losing to the Patriots twice is like a doomsday scenario that they mocked up themselves if they're the Bills. Like, what does it look like if we lose to the Patriots twice? Dun-dun-dun! Oh hell's breaking loose. Everybody's (laughs) getting fired, Andy.
1: When everybody's getting fired in Buffalo and everybody in New England's getting raises because uh, that is a dream season. If you're I mean, I think it would obviously have to say really good things about the defense and probably Christian Gonzalez, your rookie corner. The coaching setup. I got to think everything is kind of clicking from a Patriots perspective. If you knock off. I mean, those are three of the top five teams in football. Yeah.
0: And and just like thinking about correct me if I'm wrong. Matt Patricia is part of the. Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. Yes. That okay. Is what correct. is he? What is his like? What are his, are his responsibilities?
1: Isn't he like senior defensive linebackers coach or something like that? Hold on. So, let, me, let me let me. So let me he doesn't it
0: have it. A, a you go because i feel like he does. He have a, like a real responsibility. So how much of a. Gosh, like how is—is is this any of these? Like uh, I'll show them. I'm my defense is going to be better than anybody. Like I can, I have, I have the answers to the test now. This is a senior defensive assistant. So he doesn't See? have a position group really. <laughs> he's a floater. He's sure. Joe, he's Joe Judge. So he can take credit if the Eagles beat
1: the Patriots, and if he if they lose, then he can just kind of blend into the background. I don't really have a. a
0: He'll end up getting title. a game ball. He'll be it'll be one of those situations like who was like the quarterbacks coach when Kobe Brissett like helped the Patriots beat the Bills on such short notice. Whoever it was got a got a game ball right. for what they did. Uh, Matt Patricia, come in the middle of the circle. You get the game ball for helping us beat the Patriots.
1: I got to be honest. You guys didn't push back as much on the uh, those four wins. I I would bet if you could bet that as your parlay, I would bet anything. I would bet my mortgage. That it won't kids, happen. Few, that it will not happen. There is no chance that those four games unfold victorious for the New England Patriots. I'm saying it. No chance. Record it. We should it on try Twitter. it now.
0: See what like, would the payout be? <laughs>
1: like if it well, hit, I, I think don't think it would be it, that good because yeah, other than PFF. I don't think anyone's expecting them to win any of those games. I think that even people that are upbeat on the Patriots and are looking optimistically at it. And I'm kind of in that group. Fitzy and I, we've kind of turned a corner on the six rings. There's some reason for optimism but not idiocy. I think even if you're optimistic, you could say they're going to lose those four games and still have a decent competitive football season.
0: If they go 11-6 and six and they win those games and they beat the Bills twice, then we're talking about a team that might have the ability to go to an AFC title game if yes. they're winning those guys. So, And right now, as much as everybody can be optimistic with this team, that feels a little much. Hart, I hit Fourier with this because he has gone through minicamp is this mini camp and then whatever sort of OTAs that they're going to do is is this one of the most is this maybe the most important time in terms of getting this team to where they want to be for this coming season how much kind of work has to be done in this part of the summer to ensure success next year or is that hyperbole no, I think this is relatively
1: important. I think it's relatively important uh, in comparison to last year when the foundation for dysfunction was laid and the foundation for players not being comfortable and not trusting what was going on and not trusting the coaches. I think the the negative foundation was set in May and June a year ago. So I, if I saw that happen, shouldn't the opposite be true? Shouldn't you be um, validated that you trust Bill O'Brien and validated that you know what this actually does look like an NFL offense this actually does seem like when I ask a question Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem have answers to my questions even though it's early and we're not competing here and it's a a small portion of the offense that may be in and the challenges that we're going to face yeah I think in juxtaposition that's a big word to say in comparison
0: where's the writer in you Yep,
1: Uh, Christian you you familiar with that word you like that word juxtaposition spell it (laughs) Tough guy. <laughs> Look at this That's guy. That's pretty good. Why do I Smell need to it. spell it? That's why I have a computer, and I get close, and it's red squigglies, and yeah. then I click on the right answer that yeah. it got me close
0: to. J-U-S-X. There's an X in there. There's I know.
1: J-U-X-T-A-P-O-S. Aggression for you. Spelling me.
0: Coming to you during July, the month of July, where we're hard up for content. You can do that on Itch day. There we go. That'll be fun.
1: I do think that... I do think that it's important for Mac Jones and the offense and everybody to really start that kumbaya, we're all on the same page, we believe in each other, we trust each other, and we're not going to go down a similar road process. I I think it's important.
0: Yeah, because obviously, so the first of 10 practices started on Monday, so then there's three mandatory practices starting in June. Uh, and then the, the, the practices are open for six days right for to the media. I think it's six days the media, six of those practices of the 13 the media is allowed to go to. Yeah, we have um, our first scheduled for tomorrow, but I'm hearing rumblings that I might not
1: be there tomorrow. Well so
0: you okay, so it's the first one of the 13 is tomorrow.
1: Uh, is scheduled for tomorrow. I'll put it that way. I'm trying to. I figure won't out, like, be surprised what, if it doesn't happen. Is it? With is, the it media
0: there. Mm. is it like a camp practice where you sit there and watch the whole thing, or is it like in season practice where you only get to see them running through the bags?
1: No, no, no. We get to watch the whole thing. Now um, they don't get to film the whole thing. There are limitations on the video cameras and what they are able to film, but we get to watch the whole thing. I love this portion early on because this is really that first look of. Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gesicki, uh Christian Gonzalez. Because, Christian, you know, these used to be called passing camps. Because yeah. it really is passing-based. And that's, even though Bill says it's a teaching camp and not a competitive camp, um, There, you start to see, oh, that corner, you know, speed, or one of these late-round defensive backs, like, oh, that guy, that guy competes. These are the times where you see the Malcolm Butlers, the Jonathan Joneses of the world, or on the flip side, the Jacoby Myers of the world, those late round undrafted, whatever competitive guys in the passing game. Um, this this is where, as a as a reporter, you start to huh put that in the back of your head. Now it doesn't always work. Trey Nixon was a star last year, if you remember, and Trey Nixon, well, he was a star in June and never did anything after the month. There's of June, a lot of right? those.
0: There's, I mean, I, I mean, if you can, if you do, you think you can predict who's really going to be good? By like a June OTA or June mandatory camp. I'll tell you what, if Keyshawn Booty goes off, people are going to go nuts. Oh,
1: yeah, they will go nuts. Although, if I recall,
0: I think Chad Jackson was pretty
1: good, at least in rookie mini camp, if Mm not uh, OTAs. So, yeah, you can get fooled in one direction or the other. But, I mean, if you believe in the old... Bill Parcells, right? If if he doesn't bark as a uh, bite as a puppy, he's not going to bite as a grown dog. So Hmm. I think the compete level. I really before. I really do think the compete. Is is he being serious? He I've never heard no, him he being serious. I've never yeah. heard that.
0: Have you heard that Greg, you look like you've never heard it either. Uh if that's you a don't different one from the puppy. Yeah. You don't bite as a dog. No, If you don't bite as a puppy, right. you won't bite as a dog. If you're not nipping dog.
1: as oh. a puppy, you're not going to be a big dog. You're not going to bite, you're not going to fight. And I buy into that. I I think you can see compete level very early on, even for guys that that struggle or fail or are getting beat. Like Christian Gonzalez might get beat by Juju Smith Schuster. Why? Because Christian Gonzalez is in his first competitive environment with NFL veteran players and Smith Schuster's probably got some tricks up his sleeve. But if he competes and he keeps coming back and he's there and he's finishing the play like the Malcolm Butler used to always finish plays. Guys would catch the ball and but finish through the ball and fit you see little foundational aspects of competitors now it's shorts it's t-shirts it's not pads it's not really football it's seven on seven camp like all these kids do in high school and you know across the country youth but i think you can start to pick up pieces of a a scouting report on players
0: see i think the just doing some more digging on gonzalez Mm. like the i actually heard that the pittsburgh Steelers were Mm. uh were highly in on him till they realized that he had no willingness to tackle anybody and and that was one of the and that was one of the big reasons. We asked his former coach about it. He kind of downplayed it like it was no big deal. Then I even went back to when he was earlier in college, just talking to some of the guys there. That was always the biggest issue for him. So a guy that's going to shine in shorts and t-shirts is going to be Gonzalez. He's super yep. fast. He's physical. He's long. For the most part, he's bright. You're going to see a lot of athleticism. You see him breaking up a bunch of passes. But I get really nervous for this guy in that first kind of padded practice where he's forced to jump off the 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 jam of the wide receiver who's stock-blocking him and try to literally commit to tackling the big 245-pound veteran running back. Ugh. So That's what did, I get nervous about. Does that really
1: bother you in 2023? Because for me, it doesn't. And I remember sitting there um, probably four or five years ago now when Bill went into this long-winded discussion about Logan Ryan. One of the best tackling corners that has come through in Belichick's time here in New England. And he went through this whole thing, you know, there's a place for cornerbacks who prevent the completion. Like, that's great. That can cover, and the ball never gets there. There's also a place for guys who, they may catch it, but they're going to get tackled right where they caught it, right? You're not going to give up big plays, and Logan Ryan was sort of an example of a trusted, reliable veteran who's going to give some catches up, but he's going to make the plays, make the tackles. I think the premium is on the guy that prevents the catch more than the guy who makes the tackle. I think effort guys, guys that are willing to throw their body around, they're a dime a dozen. I think the guys that have elite coverage skills, which I think Christian Gonzalez has, in today's NFL, if you can prevent Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson, you know Chase, uh, T. Higgins last year. Remember when we complained about T. Higgins playing bully ball with Jonathan Jones last year? Jonathan Jones could do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He was just there was a bigger, better receiver that was sort of embarrassing him on whatever that was Christmas weekend. I think Christian Gonzalez, if he can cover, if the scouting reports are right, he can cover. But he's not really all that interested in tackling. Is not going to be a great tackler. I think you can still be a really, really good cornerback in the year twenty twenty. It
0: is issue. If you could only have one, if you have like a like a, a subpar cover corner but a great tackler or just a great cover guy, I think I'd lean towards the cover guy. Exactly, and that's what the Patriots, even if you believe the negative scouting reports, which sometimes I feel like those get
1: overblown, I've seen him tackle. It's not like he flat out refuses to tackle, and obviously the example is Deion Sanders. Now, I'm not saying Christian Gonzalez is Deion Sanders, but but Deion Sanders was not a tackler. He he was not going to make, and you have a bunch of guys... That will make their money tackling right. Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers won't even tackle. He'll kill people. He'll hit people. You, you know, uh, Jalen Mills is going to be back there in sort of that role. So, yes, Christian, if you tell me he lives up to a T to his scouting report, he's an elite cover corner who is a lackluster at best tackler, or doesn't want to tackle. I'll take that as a first-round pick because I think that plays today.
0: Well, and I also think we got to remember, too, this guy's 20. What's he going to turn 21 during camp, I think it is, or something like that? Like, this is still a young developmental player. As much as he's good enough to be a first-round pick coming out of college, it's a guy who still has a lot of growing to do, not only physically but also mentally. And I think some of the tackling piece of it, that's – can be taught it's mindset it's the i don't need you to knock someone's d in the dirt but i also can't have you out there o laying people and there's a fine line between or there isn't a fine line between the two like you said hard some guys like uh peppers want to go up and just knock you in the next week but there are corners who can grab guys around the ankles and still make the play when they need to and that's all he needs to learn
1: yep. is is you know how to exert himself on certain am i the only guy or do I have outside help, or is there, you know, the safety's coming? Do I have help here? Can I, I got the sideline. in the way somebody yes.
0: out of bounds, that deal.
1: Because uh, Witherspoon, the corner who went first, um, he's a physical guy. Like, he's a different player. There, there was a lot of the comp- comparisons throughout the process. He's a totally different player, and that's great. Now, if you made me bet who's going to play more games in their NFL career, is it Christian Gonzalez, who occasionally may look to avoid contact, or... Or Witherspoon, who looks to embrace contact, bring contact at all times. I'll take Christian Gonzalez, and I'll also say, Gresh, yes, there's going to be a development, but we fixate on the wide receiver position and how quickly guys acclimate these days coming in. right, Pro Bowl receiver right out the gates. If you're good, you're usually good pretty damn quickly and impactful on your team's offense. Hell, you can be a Pro Bowl or All-Pro, whatever. Corners are kind of doing the same thing. These Patrick Sertans or the obviously Sauce Gardner a year ago, defensive rookie of the year. Some people thought maybe the best corner in football. And I'm guessing some of that is a, the increase of the passing game in college, but also these guys growing up in this uh, seven on seven Cam Newton passing league era. We focus on QBs and receivers. They play defense in those, in those games and those tournaments too. So you have cornerbacks who are probably more prepared for NFL action. So I don't think it's unrealistic to expect Christian Gonzalez come in, be the Patriots' number one corner, and win some battles against pretty good veteran receivers.
0: So, as far as the offense goes, Andy Hart, um, do you do you think you can read into anything about how they manage? Okay, who starts in the huddle for each period, right? So, I would, I've always felt like that was a clear indication. Hey, uh, wait, uh, period four, uh, seven on seven. Mac Jones starts, he gets the first six plays, and now here comes Bailey Zappi. You know what? That is a true, I always thought, indicator. Same with uh, pre- uh, pregame warm-ups. Who was really starting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, the, I bl- I think in all of these,
1: you watch who take – I even think in positional drills, who goes first? Yeah. Who goes second? Like the square drill. You know, they just do the uh, quick feet turn, quick feet turn, quick feet turn. Who does that first? Like where is the natural hierarchy falling through that – or I remember uh, back in the day when Wes Welker was kind of finishing up his time, and Aaron Hernandez was taking every rep after him in the slot. And then the season came, and you remember there was some controversy. Oh, Aaron Hernandez is taking some of Welker's reps. Are they screwing with him because of his contract? Are they doing this? They do it like you can start to see how guys are going to be utilized, where the hierarchy is, where the positional groupings uh, may play. I absolutely think it matters. Coaches can say, "Oh, you know, don't don't fixate on who's with who or who takes the first reps." I don't know. Cole Strange got put right in at left guard and played left guard all year last year. Like he never was removed from that. It was obvious he was being groomed, sort of gifted the left guard job. So uh, yeah, I absolutely keep an eye on those things even if they ask us not to say, you know, the starting secondary was these
0: guys. So you do have like a bunch of like uh like notes from Stacy James on what what to say and what not to say. Oh, yeah, the back of the – it usually comes out on the back
1: of the roster, all the rules oh, okay. about what you can report. what you know, You're know, you not supposed to say personnel or trick plays or dub anybody a first group or a starter and, and these various things.
0: But uh, God forbid you tweet a video of a scrum that went on and you shot it from you know uh, 400 yards away. Who did that? Where's Zeke? Yeah. Way <laughs> to go, Zeke. Good job. Uh, by the way – did you see the numbers were uh, out there? Uh, hard James Very Robinson's going to be uh, number 3. Juju's going with number 7.
1: Mm. I like uh, I like the number 3 and I like James Robinson a lot. I've I don't know if I've mentioned this with you guys. I don't think he's getting enough play. I don't know if people are afraid he's permanently a different player because of the injury. I don't know if people are not aware that everybody's gushing about Ramondre Stevenson who had 1400 yards from scrimmage a year ago. Yeah. Uh James Robinson did that 3 years ago as as an undrafted rookie with the Jaguars. Like he has that kind of ability to run the football, catch the football. I think they could be a really interesting tandem uh gives the ability for Ramondre Stevenson. Now, this is all in theory, right? I know James Robinson has to work his way on into the field and the offense and comfortable in New England and all those things, but I think when we get to, say, November and we're talking about some of the biggest offseason additions in terms of veteran free agents... I think you might look at James Robinson and say he's near the top of that list.
0: Well, I was uh, what I was leading to Hart was that big news is that they gave out number eighty eight again. Yeah, you know, oh. since Fourier was there to a big soft tight end who oh! looks to get out of bounds. Oh! Wow. but this guy can run better, according to Chris Berman. It's true, he doesn't trip on the twenty. Yeah, see, this what do is you make this... of Mike wearing number eighty eight? As Fourier. you can tell, I'm ignoring my little friend uh, across the way. Over there. Oh, he <laughs> went, <laughs> <You laughs> my little friend tremendously now you're uh now you're uh, uh, now you're Pedro Martinez is little you're now you're Nelson De La Rosa there uh, wait hold on first of all like they give that number I feel like to every older veteran tight end does feel like that I mean, That's like a Kyle Brady 88 who was the other guy they, they give that number to 80, a bunch of guys you've worn what 85 87 and 88 well 85 86 for the majority of my career, and then eighty eight. Uh, when I moved here, and then then uh, I forget, to be honest with you. Hart, do you think Fourier has one of those numbers on a chain somewhere hidden that he doesn't wear anymore? Definitely. Absolutely definitely. No, no, that is a terrible question. The question should be, no. at oh. what point in time, at any point in time in your life, did you have the your jersey number uh, on a chain? Yes. And that would have been, of course, Okay. High school number eighty-five. Even I did that. Of course number you 85. did. What? There's you a, a photo of me an in the westerly sun with like the next person sixty-eight now, on there. I bought mine at a swap meet for so like twenty green. bucks. Yeah, swap shop. it was It
1: wasn't even real gold. Now, did you rip it off and throw it into the ocean that one game when you didn't play and you were nope. left in the back of the car crying?
0: No, nope, no, nope. oh, although I did do that also. Oh, wow, <laughs> man. Wow. I can't, That's a rough one to bring up there. S- I got just you, punching you, you right in the knees. You won this one, Hart. <laughs> <laughs> you won this one. A biting <laughs> kneecaps <laughs> you on won my this, way up. Oh, there we go. You won this one, Andy Hart. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> grief. There goes our friend Andy Hart at WEI.com. Hart, thank you, friend. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week, bud. See you guys. Later. Check out the uh, Six Rings and the Breaking Boston podcast that Hart is a part of right now at WEI.com.